0: Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we have tasted and seen that you are good. We pray that as we gather around your word for these few minutes now, that you would feed us afresh, that you would help us to both see you more clearly and to receive you into our hearts and lives. We praise you that you are here we want to be here too to be present ready for what you want to give us and we ask that in Jesus name Amen Has anyone ever asked you, what are you like? Occasionally, you uh, get exasperated with somebody. You might, you might say to them, what are you like? I tapped it into Google, and uh, Google replied that it is an informal British phrase used as an expression of light-hearted incredulity at behaviour regarded as foolish or eccentric, What are you like? I don't believe you are doing this. What are you like? I wonder if I could take that phrase and apply it to what it means to follow Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. What are you like? how would you describe yourself or how does the scriptures how do the scriptures describe us what are we like as followers of jesus or what should we be like as followers of jesus over the next few weeks we're going to have a look at some pictures some images some illustrations provided for us uh, first by peter and then by paul uh, that answer that question. What is a follower of Jesus like? And the first one we're going to look at this morning is perhaps a strange one, one you might maybe not expect. It says, "Like newborn babies, like newborn babies." Peter is uh, talking to this uh, to this church to this uh, group of believers, to the elect, those who have come to know Jesus. And he's, he's told them about their wonderful heritage in the Lord. He's told them that they've been purchased, they've been bought, not with perishable things like gold or silver, however valuable they may be, but by the priceless, unique, imperishable preciousness of the very blood of Christ that they have come to new birth through believing in all that God has done for them in Jesus. It says here in uh, verse uh, 23, it says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. You have been born again. You have been brought To new life. A follower of Jesus is, perhaps almost too obviously to say, but it's worth putting it there, front and center. A follower of Jesus is somebody who has been brought to new life in Christ. And we remember, don't we, that for some that happens at a particular moment. There is an event, a point that they can look back to. And they can say, well, that is the moment when God sort of broke in and he opened my eyes and helped me to see who he is and what God has, what Jesus has done for me. And, and that's the moment when I started to follow Jesus. For other people, it's been a long process. Lots and lots of tiny little steps. So they just realize one day that they do and they have come to new birth. Today is, is not just about uh, uh, lots of trips down memory lane, so, but forgive me for one other one. When, when I did first come to St. Christopher's, Catherine was one of the church wardens, and uh, a, gentle, a gentleman called David Payne was the other one, and David has gone on to become a trainee Baptist minister. I tried really hard to get him to be an Anglican, okay? And I couldn't turn him. I couldn't turn him. And he's gone off to be a Baptist minister. But, but I remember asking David quite early on. I said to him, when did you become a Christian? And it was almost as if David was waiting for that question. Because he beamed at me. He beamed at me and he said, I have always been a Christian. He couldn't remember a time when he didn't know Christ in his life he just couldn't remember a time and just says I have always been a Christian I have always known that he was there the point I would want to make loud and clear is it doesn't matter how we get there it doesn't matter whether it's a whole set of very very tiny steps whether it's one big huge one whether we can remember a point or we can't whether the Lord has simply always been there and has just, as it were, come into closer and sharper focus. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we come to know that this relationship becomes foundational to who we are and to everything we do. This relationship becomes the relationship which defines us and develops us and directs us. And you know, when I say that, uh, I'm conscious that, that there, there may be some, some, some bells ringing in people's heads and they think, well, isn't that a bit dangerous? If there were a human relationship and that human relationship defined and developed and directed you, If that was the one in whom, by whom you sort of saw yourself, then potentially that could be difficult, couldn't it? That could even be dangerous. The amazing thing about this relationship, the relationship with Christ, is that it only leads to our flourishing. It only leads to us stepping into life in all its fullness. It is only good to us. And never harm. So when we come to new birth. When we come as it were to that point. That we are like a newborn baby. That it's almost as if we've stepped from black and white into color. Into, into those moments in, in cinema. You know where they're showing you something on a little screen. And then they suddenly stretch it out like that. How do they do that? How do they do that? Those moments when, when life actually steps into what you sort of always hoped it would be. And you become a bit more the person that you want to be. More confident, more whole, more at peace, more grounded, more joyful, more forgiving, more appreciative, more thankful, more alive. If you're sure of that, then that is brilliant. If you're not sure, it's not necessarily a bad sign. But it may be a sign that something is still missing. And there is never a bad day and always a good day to say, I want to begin again, to be like a newborn baby, someone who has come to new life in Christ. So what is a follower of Jesus like? Like someone who has come to new birth. But it is also someone who craves pure spiritual milk. Now, as I'm sure many of you know, there are other parts of the Scriptures in the, in the New Testament in, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians and also to the letter to the Hebrews, where this notion of milk is used, and it's used not necessarily in a good light. It's used as evidence of immaturity, that the believers aren't able to go on to proper solid food and they just need milk. It's as if they are stuck in an early or infantile stage of their spiritual development. So that idea of milk in those two uh, uh, passages I mentioned is not a complementary one. But here, Peter doesn't use it like that. Here, there's no disappointment or disapproval. Peter simply encourages the believers to model themselves on a newborn's craving for milk. Just as a baby craves for milk, so you are to crave for spiritual nourishment. And when you stop and think about it, it's a very powerful image. Babies really do crave milk. Sometimes very loudly, okay? And if they don't get it, they will crave more and more loudly. If they continue not to get it, they will die. If a believer doesn't get spiritual nourishment, they begin to wither. If a believer does not get spiritual nourishment in the long run, they too may die and Paul and Peter says like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk crave what you need to grow up in your faith you've tasted and seen that the lord is good you've come to new birth in him a follower of jesus then wants to grow wants to develop, wants to find out more about who Jesus is and what, their, what his purpose for their life is. They want to become more and more like Jesus, to crave meeting with him through the word, through worship, through prayer, through fellowship and meeting with other Christians, through ministry in the body. Service to our community through outreach and mission, through a passionate commitment to justice and creation care, standing with the persecuted church, all ways in which we can crave pure spiritual milk. We can crave the nourishment that we need. Now you might be sitting there thinking, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been trying to follow for a long time and, and, and to be honest, sometimes it's difficult and I don't feel that I'm craving. I find it hard to get to this point where I want to know more of him. Be honest. And then go one more step and say, well, which of these things that I've just mentioned is the easiest for you? What feels most um, accessible? Is it listening to, to Christian music at home and singing along? Is it picking up a psalm and reading it? Is it talking with another believer and finding fellowship? Is it the doing in service and ministry? Is it praying for the persecuted church? What comes most naturally to you? Do that. And ask the Lord to increase your desire for more of him. And if you're really honest and you say, well, I I, I don't want that. Just ask the Lord. Lord, I don't want it, but I want to want it. And start there. Because a follower of Jesus is somebody who craves more of him. And whether you've been following for a few hours or a few decades, Peter's words still apply. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. So that by it you may grow up in your salvation salvation in these uh, as peter describes it here is not a static thing it's not sort of as it were stepping over a line and say now i'm in and i'm just in the waiting room until the lord returns again far from it you may grow up in your salvation you may become more christ-like you may become a better reflection of him you may find out more and more of what he has in store for you to transform you and through you to transform other people. And and Peter makes it very clear that one of the the clear ways in which we are growing up in our salvation is the way in which we we come to treat one another. There's, There's all these Um, amazing words rid yourself of all malice and all deceit hypocrisy envy and slander of every kind and uh, earlier on it says um I think I've lost it never mind never mind the point is that as we become more like Jesus so we love one another more and more deeply and our church becomes a more and and deeper and better reflection of what it means to live in the love and peace of God. And you know, when people love one another and they try to forgive one another and they try to get along together and they they try to sort of rub off one another's rough edges, it's a bit difficult and at times it gets a bit tricky, but it can also be marvellous. And wonderful, and give the world a glimpse of what it might mean to come under his just and gentle rule. That the church becomes a witness to the world simply because we try to love one another. So, what are you like? As a follower of Jesus, what are you like? Can you, can I, can we be like newborn babies, coming to new life in Christ and then craving more of him, craving more of his presence, craving more of Christ in our lives so that we become more like him, so that we grow up into our salvation What are you like? May you and I together be like newborn babies. Amen. We're going to turn to our prayers.